Arizona Sports, Sports. the local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. We start today's 4 o'clock reset with the latest on DeAndre Hopkins. A tweet this morning from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport suggesting that trade talks around D-Hop have been ramping up, quote-unquote, which led to a lot of speculation that maybe today would be the day for the Cardinals to trade their stud wide receiver. Two-time Super Bowl champion Damian Woody said this morning on Get Up, he hopes the Patriots are calling for sure. He's about as reliable as you can get at, at the receiver position. That's what the Patriots need, especially with, with Mac Jones coming off that down year. Get him somebody reliable on the outside. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about DeAndre Hopkins' gambo. I really kind of had a feeling today was going to be the day, but we're at 4 o'clock. I don't think today is going to be the yeah, day. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of teams, right? It's Patriots, Giants, Titans, Falcons, a lot of places that he could go. Texans have even been... Uh, in, you know, been part of the rumors for DeAndre Hopkins. It all has to do, I think, with the salary structure. I think if there's any holdups at all, it's about how much, if any, do the Cardinals have to pay of what's left on DeAndre Hopkins' contract. Yeah, a lot of speculation about uh, the Chiefs as well. Their new defensive end kind of recruiting DeAndre Hopkins yeah, they together in Houston. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, exactly. Damian Woody, the comments that he made. Des Bryant got on Twitter saying he wouldn't be surprised if Odell Beckham Jr. and or DeAndre Hopkins both go to the Chiefs. We'll see. A lot of talk, but so far not a lot of action, at least none that we know about publicly when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins and where he's going to go. The Cardinals also made a trio of signings today, bringing back two players and going outside the organization to sign a third. They brought back corner Antonio Hamilton. They brought back defensive lineman Jonathan Ledbetter. They also signed a one-year deal for Seahawks defensive lineman LJ Collier on a one-year deal. Filling out a roster yeah, but not with no. big name guys, which might be what the plan is this year, right? Talia was a former first round pick of Seattle. Yes, he was. Hasn't been a very good player, but he's a former first round pick, still relatively young. So take a little bit of a flyer on him, see if he could work out. I mean, not a lot of money. I mean, it's just you know basic, you know, million dollars plus some bonuses. But former first round pick that um, you know you just try to see. I mean, you try to catch light in a bottle. You try to see if he can get his career going with the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, the guy who can fill out a depth chart, but at the same time doesn't cost you a lot of money, and you're kind of signing to basically a prove-it deal. We'll see if any of those work out for the Cardinals. Obviously, it's been a very quiet free agency period over the last week and a half for Arizona. Last night, World Baseball Classic, Japan beat Mexico, but don't let me tell you about it. Great. Sounded even better last night on the Japanese TV call of them beating Mexico, rallying with two runs in the ninth to stun Mexico last night. It was a tremendously entertaining game, and it sets up today's World Baseball Championship Classic Championship. Diamondbacks pitcher Merrill Kelly will get the start as Team USA defends its crown against Shohei Otani. He's not starting for Team Japan, but there's a belief that he will appear as a pitcher at some point. Of course, he's the designated hitter for Japan as well. And they're introducing Paul Goldschmidt right now for Team USA. 
Yeah. Right before, right after Mike Trout and right before Nolan Arenado. Goldie's had a great tournament. Uh, Trey Turner's had a great tournament so far. Mookie Betts uh, is out there. I think for Diamondback fans, man, this is in some ways the biggest game Merrill Kelly has ever pitched in in his life, given what's at stake. I don't think he's going deep in the game. I think there'll be a very quick hook, very short leash for him as they won't want to expose him to the Japanese lineup maybe more than once through the rotation, maybe a couple times through the lineup. Bullpen's well rested, but I'll be really curious to see how Merrill Kelly responds to the pressure of the moment, because it's a big moment for him tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he's excited to take them out. We're all pulling for him, right? It'd be great to see the USA win this World Baseball Classic. They got a star-studded lineup and a little bit of an upset last night. I think Mexico had the lead. Japan rallied. You just played the highlight. They rallied with the two runs to win it, and uh, now I think a lot of people are waiting to see if Shohei Otani will actually take them out and pitch for Japan in this game. In other Diamondbacks news, manager Troy Lovello said today, catcher Carson Kelly has fractured his forearm. There's no timetable for Carson Kelly's return, at least none that has been given. Kind of had a feeling it could be bad news, and it sounds like it was pretty bad. So fractured forearm. Damn. That's tough. Now, I might have to see if Mike Hazen's going to go out and get a backup catcher now with Carson out. Suns news. According to Dwayne Rankin, Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton are both out for tomorrow's game against the LA Lakers. Neither made the trip with the Phoenix Suns. Durant, not a surprise. Ayton, a little bit of a disappointment that he wasn't able to play. Kind of had an idea that it might be somewhat serious with him and he might have to miss a few games. Yeah, at that hip injury, you know, you got to be careful with that, but, you know, the Suns can ill afford any more injuries and obviously not having him is a big deal, especially with some of these games that you got coming up. If he's not ready to play against Sabonis in Sacramento and Embiid in Philadelphia, there's some matchups that you need DeAndre Ayton out there for you. All-star point guard John Morant participated Tuesday in his first practice with the Grizzlies following the eight-game suspension for conduct detrimental to the NBA. Uh, described his attempt to find better ways to manage stress through counseling as an ongoing process. Ongoing process. Continue process for me. Obviously, you know, I've been there, uh, you know, for two weeks, but, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, I'm completely better. So, um, you know, that's an ongoing process for me. That, you know, I've still been continuing, you know, since I've been out. The belief is that he will be in uniform against Houston tomorrow, but may come off the bench. He did not play last night in the Grizzlies win over the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of teams right now dealing with injuries. The Mavericks with Kyrie Irving, who had to leave the, who was in a boot after the game last night. They still don't have Luka back. Obviously, what's going on with, with John Morant, Steven Adams, with the Grizzlies. Got Kevin Durant here in Phoenix. So a lot of teams right now dealing uh, without some of their key players. Much in the same way Tommy John is now known more for the surgery than the player himself. Willis Reed and the moment he provided in NBA history in some ways became even bigger than him in his career. He passed away today at the age of 80. One of the signature moments in NBA history when he limped out of the locker room in Game 7 of that NBA Finals and in some ways just his name endures because of that moment and people who have their Willis Reed moments now. There's no question about it. You know, as a kid who grew up in New York and uh, you went to a lot of Nick games at Madison Square Garden. I wasn't old enough to remember the Willis Reed team, but you know all the players, right? You know, to, you know, from from being a New Yorkie, Earl the Pro Monroe and Clyde Frazier and Dave DeBusher and Phil Jackson was on that team and Willis Reed and yeah, and you remember exactly. So many people passed down the stories about that team winning that championship with Willis 
you know, going through the tunnel, injured in Game 7. All right, around the NBA last night, Julius Randle had the Knicks' first 50-point game since Carmelo Anthony, but they lost to Minnesota 140-134. He had a great game. He's been terrific for them. Golden State snapped an 11-game road losing streak. They beat the Rockets 121-108 last night. It takes a team as bad as the Rockets to allow Golden State to win on the road, and the Rockets are really bad. Steve Kerr could not remember the last time they won on the road. It was in January. January 30th. And the Memphis Grizzlies guard Dylan Brooks suspended for tomorrow's game against oh, Houston. They hate him. After picking up his 18th technical Boy, everybody foul just hates Dylan Brooks. Yeah. He loves being hated. From the NFL, Falcons are planning to host veteran defensive lineman Calais Campbell on a free agent visit this week. Look at him. He's still got some games. Recently, every, time, every time I walk through our office here, there's always like a Calais Campbell signed jersey over there with the Wizard on team and all that. My man, he's still playing. He's still playing. He's still playing. 37? Right, he was on that team that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? Former NFL quarterback Cam Newton threw at the Tigers Pro Day today, the Auburn Pro Day today, after he announced his intention to do so in a video on social media. He does not believe there are 32 quarterbacks better than him in the league. After not playing in the NFL last year, he wanted to show off his skills at Pro Day to see if he could get a gig. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, he did come back, you know, got to to play again for Carolina and We'll see. I mean, for a team that needs a backup, uh, he'll probably get a job before Lamar Jackson does. <laughs> probably. And everybody well, gets a job before Lamar. Uh, the Houston Texans made a couple of additions today. They get tight end Dalton Schultz on a one-year deal, running back Devin Singletary on a one-year deal. Fairly Dickinson's head coach, Tobin Anderson. Boy, he made that payoff, didn't he? Or somebody always does. The breakout coaching star of the NCAA tournament has agreed to a five-year deal to become the next head coach at Iona, replacing Rick Pitino. Somebody always makes... Uh, uh, you know, has that little run and turns it into a big contract and he, uh, with another team. And, yeah, he beat Purdue. A huge upset right there. And this is a guy that was in, like, Division Two, like, last year at this point. And now he's got a, a job coaching Iona. Big, big upgrade for him. The Coyotes are on the road in Winnipeg taking on the Jets about an hour from right now. Of course, that game is on the road, so that might jeopardize the point streak for the Coyotes. It's up to eight games right now, a lot of that has been at Mullet Arena, but let's see if they can carry that over to the road tonight when they're in Winnipeg. Yeah, no, they've been a, a pleasant surprise with how competitive that they have been this year. I've shocked a lot of people. Yep. If your bracket is busted, do not worry, Madness Maniacs. You still have a shot at $500. Text the word BUCKS to 62620. We're going to send you a link to fill out your 16-team bracket. Again, text the word BUCKS to 62620. It is the Arizona Sports Bracket. BUCKS is presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. This morning, we thought today was going to be the day that DeAndre Hopkins was traded. So far, no trade. We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, before we tell you about DeAndre Hopkins and why maybe he wasn't moved today or why it hasn't happened yet, Gambo was, during the commercial break, able to get an update on Carson Kelly, who, as we mentioned, fractured his forearm when he was hit by a pitch. What did you find out about the Diamondbacks catcher? Minimum six to eight weeks. He is going to be out for a while. Not sure if the D-backs feel a need to go get another catcher.
stretcher. Uh, might be able to do it in-house, but uh, it's going to be a while with that fractured forearm. Six to eight weeks minimum that he's going to be gone. Yeah, just checking out the uh, roster. It's uh, Obviously, Gabriel Moreno is now front and center, the key piece yeah. in the Dalton Varsho trade. This clearly accelerates things for him a little bit. There will be no easing into things for Moreno when it comes to the Diamondbacks. Jose Herrera is the other candidate, the other catcher on the roster. Nick Pecoro points this out in his story. He's already on the 40-man roster. He was in the majors last year. He's familiar with the pitching staff. If they don't make a move, likely he would be the guy. But certainly, if there was any intention to kind of ease Gabriel Moreno into this role as an everyday catcher, that might be out the window now with the injury to Carson Kelly. This is one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Big reason why a lot of people think the Diamondbacks could be a bit of a sleeper team is because of the balance that he provides the lineup. This kind of pushes his timeline a little bit. Accelerates it. Yeah. Now, they had, you know, a guy who could have been a third catcher on the roster with Dalton Varsho. But when they made that trade... With Toronto, obviously he's gone now, but Dalton Varsha was a guy that could have given you some games at catcher. Obviously he's an outfielder, but you know he did come up as a catcher, and he can catch, and he did catch a bunch of games for the Diamondbacks. It would have been an option for them, but obviously he was traded. Yeah, no, so that is not going to happen. So Gamble with the latest on that one right there. Six to eight weeks at the minimum for Carson Kelly continues what's been a frustrating career for him with the Diamondbacks. It's been a lot of hit and miss, a lot of injuries. A lot of missed games that he's had out there. All right, on to DeAndre Hopkins. And there was a tweet this morning. What really got the ball rolling on all of this was a tweet from Ian Rappaport, which kind of left the impression that this thing was getting close. Now, maybe we were reading into it what we wanted to read into it. But Ian Rappaport this morning at about 7 o'clock tweeted out, as the status of Cardinal star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins comes into focus, talks are ramping up among the interested team sources say. Similar to Brandon Cooks, a trade would likely mean an altered contract, close quote. I saw that tweet. I thought the same thing I think a lot of Cardinal fans did, too. Is today DeAndre Hopkins Day? Well, it's 4.18 in the afternoon. (laughs) Today does not appear to be DeAndre Hopkins Day. This this seems like a very complicated thing the Cardinals are trying to pull off here. Yeah, you know, I just feel like for so long you wait, you know, here in Phoenix we wait for things for so long. You know, you waited for Kevin Durant for nine months, and now you're sitting here, you, you waited so long for the Kyler Murray contract extension, and um, you know he wanted it in January or February, right? And they took it yeah. right up to, you know, like before the season. So it's just things take time. I mean, I would imagine that he's going to get traded. It's just it's more complicated because of how high that contract is and the, the cap space that teams have and the guaranteed, you know, the, the 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 fact that you have to restructure the deal because Hopkins may want you to add another year or two on. So I, it's not the easiest transition uh, transaction in the world, which is why it probably hasn't happened yet at this point. Yeah, and there's no rush. I mean, there's nothing, unlike the Kevin Durant deal, there's nothing that compels you to want to get this done as soon as possible if you're the Cardinals. There's no reason to. You're well into the offseason, and there's no you know, the draft is still a month away. Obviously, we'd like resolution before the draft if you're going to get a draft pick this year for him. I think that's the natural deadline to get something done, because you're assuming you're going to get a pick this year. Michael Lombardi, former front office uh, GM, and and on his podcast, the GM Shuffle podcast, on all the reasons why it's so hard to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. There's things that you got to deal with. He wants 
wants a new contract. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to pay him more money? He's never really open, but he catches everything that's thrown to him. How? What, what kind of teammate is he? How does the locker room adapt? All those things, to me, make it very difficult for Monty to trade him. And Monty could trade him, but that's step A. Step B is how do you deal with the contract? I'm going to go back to something I said earlier, and I'm really starting to think about this a lot now. Brandon Cooks got dealt over the weekend from the Texans to the Dallas Cowboys. And it's been part, a sixth. A fifth, a fifth this year, a sixth next year. Fifth and a sixth. As part of that deal, he agreed to restructure his contract so that Dallas was only paying him $12 million and Houston was paying him six. Right. I can't help but to think there's something similar going on here. Now, I don't know. I don't. You're the source guy, not me. I don't have the sources on this one. But it seems to me that teams, especially if they're going to give up decent draft capital for DeAndre Hopkins, they might be asking the Cardinals to pay some of that salary the same way the Texans are paying some of Brandon Cook's salary. And that complicates this a little bit because it like like uh, like a transaction in major league baseball right the Zach Ranke to the Astros right the quality of prospects you get back is in dependent. a baseball yep. trade is dependent on how much of the contract you're willing to eat I'm starting to think the same thing might be in play here especially since Brandon Cooks agreed to a restructured contract and the Texans are going to pay some yeah, of it makes that makes sense I mean it makes sense I mean how many teams are interested in the Andre Hopkins they're still see he's so good and now the market is kind of drying up too, right? I mean, Thea Lynn is gone and Cooks is gone and Juju Smith-Schuster is gone. Now, if you're still looking for a wide receiver, I mean, his pickings are slim, but there's a great one out there that's in his prime. He just costs a lot of money and you've got to trade for him. I mean, it does. A second round pick makes a lot of sense, you know, to me, I mean, because he's that good. You know, you can say all you want. Oh, he's never open, but he catches everything. I don't get, he catches everything. He I mean, look, everything. look at the production he had when he came back last year. His production was through the roof. It was great. He was so good. So if you want him, you got to pay for him. You're not going to get a fifth and a sixth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. That's not going to happen. You sent me a story today, eight teams that might trade for DeAndre Hopkins. And let's go through them real quick. The Chicago Bears were listed. Seems unlikely since they just acquired DJ Moore. They got DJ Moore in that deal, and they're paying paying him a lot of money. So I do think that seems unlikely. The Atlanta Falcons, which is an interesting choice, given that their quarterback, you know, if you want to see if Desmond Ritter is good enough, maybe they do acquire. DeAndre Hopkins. They certainly could use an upgrade at the wide receiver position. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think that that would be a good fit for them. I mean, they've had, you know, they've always had great wide receivers there, and they then this is the first time when they really don't have a great wide receiver there. The New England Patriots, they're getting most of the shatter right now, I think. Especially with the Dallas Cowboys kind of ruling themselves out with the Cooks trade over the weekend. So it's kind of made the most sense, and a lot of people pushing for that, thinking that would that would be that it would be pretty good. But they had they, look, they did add Juju Smith Schuster, which made us question: Is DeAndre Hopkins still an option for them? after they just added Juju. Damian Woody went on Get Up yesterday on ESPN and absolutely said the Patriots should look into DeAndre Hopkins. The Baltimore Ravens, they don't seem to value the wide receiver position as much as other teams do. They traded Hollywood Brown, who was one of Lamar's best targets. I mean, Lamar's not the most accurate passer down the field. I mean, he's he's a great running quarterback, and he's a good quarterback overall. I like Lamar. Um... Look, give him DeAndre Hopkins. Just put the ball like we, we just talked about. Put the ball up. To him. DeAndre Hopkins comes down with it. Here's a team that always made sense to me. The Cleveland Browns. Just because of the prior relationship with Deshaun Watson yeah, I, and DeAndre I, Hopkins. I think so. They've got Amari Cooper. Right? They have him on the roster. And Donovan Peoples-Jones. 
But it would make sense that he would go there and reunite with Watson if they're willing to pay the price. All right. Uh, Vikings made the list. If I didn't, they I just got rid them. of Thielen. Yeah. I, I, they, that, they got Jefferson. They got Jefferson. Ooh. They got K.J. Osborne, I don't who think that I know makes they sense like. To me. I, don't, I don't. Plus, they've that, that offense became a lot of T.J. Hawkinson after they got him from the Lions. I, I just don't know if they're. Yeah, that was a good trade for them. It was a really good trade for them. The Buffalo Bills. I don't see that either because of Diggs. It's so hard to pay two guys all that money. You know, and you want to do other stuff. It is, but if you're talking about, remember we were talking about with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys being desperate, the yeah. Bills, I think, are desperate enough to at least think about a move like that. Like, they need to win a Super Bowl soon. Really soon. That fan base is aching for one. And that just might Man. be that kind of desperation that leads them to, even As though a, financially it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. You know, when you're playing, you're playing December, January games in Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Kansas City. You got to be able to run the ball and play good defense, man. Having two great wide receivers. I don't know. I don't know if that's the formula in those cold weather cities late in the season. Texans are also mentioned as a possibility. That'd be odd. That would be odd. Yep. And then one team that didn't get mentioned, that'd be the Chiefs and their uh, defensive end, Charles Menehue, uh recruiting DeAndre Hopkins on social media. Come on, fam. We're waiting for you. Hashtag Chiefs yeah. Kingdom. They lost Juju. They had him on the roster the year before they lost Tyreek Hill. Did, would they go out and give Patrick Mahomes uh, another great receiver? Yeah. Would they give him, you know, they, you've got a great tight end, but you don't have a great wide receiver on that roster. Yeah, a lot of chatter about the Chiefs today as a place for DeAndre Hopkins. I've noticed that on social media a little bit, too. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Of course, you might be listening to us on the podcast right now. Subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You will not miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That is carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. They're going to need his help down the stretch. How's he feel about that? Suns guard Landry Shamit joining us next only on Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, scheduled to be joined by Landry Shamit here on the Burns and Gambo Show. In fact, it looks like he is calling in right now. So I'm going to go ahead and take a pause on updating our Twitter poll question of the day because I believe we are just, yes, yeah, so thank you for the thumbs up there, Eric. We'll uh, update the Twitter poll question coming up at 445. It has to do with DeAndre Hopkins and kind of our assumed timeline and timetable for him getting traded. Landry Shamit. Reactivated by the Suns, played this past week against Oklahoma City, returned to action with 10 points. He made three threes in that game. We've talked about it many times as being a key part of the return. I believe it is now time for Off the Court here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court, you hear it straight from a Suns player with Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Stalling just long enough for us to play the Open. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports line, he had 10 points coming off the injured list for the Suns in 20 minutes. Landry Shamit joining us here on the Burns and Gambo. Show Landry, welcome back to the program. As always, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Well, good to see you back in the lineup, Landry. I'm sure uh, you're real excited. Having missed, what was it like having missed 25 games and rehabbing and trying to get back to this point? 
Yeah, it's it's frustrating. Um, you know, I haven't had uh, a stint that long in my NBA career, but you know, I kind of rested in the fact that you know if you play long enough in this league, you're unfortunately you're going to have a, a year of uh, you know maybe where you're kind of played by injuries and have to deal with some stuff that you can't control. So um, just did everything I could day to day to. You know, try to make sure my agenda and objective was to, you know, get myself right and uh, get back at a good time to, to try to help our help our team and, and get going into the playoffs. Did I? I think I read somewhere where it could have been a stress fracture in the foot if the guys and you and the trainers didn't catch it when you did. Did I read that correctly, or did I get some bad info? Yeah, no. I mean, it was, um, you know, our training staff and me having had experience with, you know, a couple stress fractures in, in my feet before, um, you know, kind of identifying the warning signs and, um, you know, just just doing the right thing and uh, making sure we tended to it the way we needed to. Um, and, uh, you know, that's been, they've been great. Our staff's been great. My team and people around me, um, everybody's had the concerted effort to try to, It'll get me back on the court. Well, let's talk about you getting back on the court. You got into the game in that first quarter, 335 left. You guys were up six, and you get into the game. You start that second quarter with Payne and, and Jacques Landell and, and Torrey and Ross, and you hit a three-pointer, 34-25. Then you hit another three-pointer. How good did it feel after all that time away to come back and have that stroke knocking down a couple of quick threes? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's just it, it, more than anything, man. It just felt good to be out there running. I was, <laughs> I was exhausted after that first stint. You know, obviously, you take, uh, you know, two months of time off. You know, you're gonna be t- a little tired, but more than anything, man. Like I, I just wanted to be out there with my guys and, and competing. You know, it sucks having to sit and watch, um, especially in the early part of all this foot stuff when we were kind of, you know, struggling and then kind of started to piece it together, um, figure things, figure some things out and, and through the good and the bad, having to sit and watch, you know, you want, you just want to be a part of it. And, um, you know, I was just happy to be back out there and, you know, I got a, got a friendly, friendly bounce on that first one. So, uh, it was, a. Uh, Welcome back, I guess. Landry Shamit, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Because it was such a long time, at any point were you worried that you weren't going to make it back this year, or did you always have the belief that you eventually would? No, nah, I knew I would. Um, you know, you, you you don't go through you know day to day rehab. I mean, some days are bleak. Um, you know, I knew I'd be back eventually, and my thought process at that point in time was, well, I'm just going to have to wrap my mind around the fact that I'm going to be playing and it's going to just be uncomfortable and hurt a little bit, you know, and that's just is what it is. But uh, luckily, you know, we made some strides and I do feel better. So, um, so yeah, I, I knew I was going to be back. You have to kind of keep the faith, but for sure, I mean, some of the rehab and some of those days where you have little setbacks and stuff, they'll, they'll test you, uh, see where you're at mentally. But, um, you know, I never, never lost faith, man. I, I, I knew I was going to get back right. Big, uh, big, a big different look for this team since you know you were playing in January, right? I mean, with Kevin Durant here now, and then uh, you know Baisley and, and Ross and TJ Warren, and no Cam and no Mikael and no Jay. I mean, a much different look to the lineup than what you're used to seeing. Yeah, no, very different. Um, obviously, no Kevin right now, but um, you know, just just a little bit different. But you know, luckily, one of the things we do have here is a. A steady foundation and a steady culture that that carries over and we we have guys who you know are willing to buy into that and, and understand what that means and what it looks like so um 
a lot of seamless pieces and, and players that we can, you know, put into our lineup that, that buy in and, and really, really fit our system and what we do. So, uh, truthfully, I mean, when I was playing, it was, you know, business as usual. Um, didn't feel like there was a lot of, a whole lot of feeling out or feeling like I needed to get to relearn certain guys, but, um, you know, it's just kind of was, was back to business as usual. Landry Shamit, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show Suns and the LA Lakers tomorrow. Uh, Landry making his return to the Suns lineup against Oklahoma City over the weekend. Given the restructuring of the roster, the way it's been restructured, has it changed for you at all what it is about your game that you want to emphasize down the stretch, that they want you to emphasize down the stretch? Any part of it that maybe you're going to highlight a little bit more than you would have because the roster looks so different now? No, I mean, my my job remains the same. Um, what I want to bring to the table is, uh, you know, somebody who's going to guard the ball and be, be solid defensively and knock down open looks. That's what I want to do. Uh, be able to facilitate and create when the opportunity presents itself and, you know, be be a 3 and D guy for us that, that we need and uh, space the floor, let Book, you know, do his thing and be a threat there. My job remains the same and... um you know, I, I know that, and coming into getting back to playing, you know, I, it's it's a the confidence boost knowing that you know nothing's changed. I, I just my job is to go be me and try to do that at the highest level. Yeah, and they could use that all of everything you bring to the table because you are one of those guys that can play on both ends of the court, which will be a, a welcome uh, addition with you back. I, I'm curious about this because we we talk about this all the time. The free throw disparity for you guys, you guys don't get to the line as much as other teams do, and you foul. You're one of the top five teams at fouling other players. Is it the style you guys play? What when you look at it? Why why is it that the Suns don't go to the line very much, but yet they put guys on the line at a very high rate? Um, I mean, some of it, I, I can't speak for why we don't go to the line. Um, I know we have a guy in Devin Booker who's, you know, our, one of the best scorers in the game. Um, and, you know, he's he's in that, that class, that tier of guys when you talk about – you know, uh, high level, high level offensive players in this league. You know, Book is right there. Obviously, one of the first names you mentioned. And, um, you know, attacks the rim and scores at all three levels. And you know, I can't speak on that in terms of why you know we don't get free throws and why specifically he doesn't. You know, it's just that's the part of the game that you can't control. And I don't like to waste time. You know. Um, trying to decipher why and, and talking about it and trying to figure it out when you know officiating and all that is is out of completely out of our control, right? Um, but on the defensive end, I think we we're a good defensive team. We just end possessions with you know we'll just lose lose a bit of focus, swipe down, smack down. Um, you know, a couple of things that we can control that we know we can control. Um, you know, finishing finishing good defensive possessions with just solid. You know, we're we have the length and the the ability to to be a good defensive team at the rim, and we don't need to be swiping down and, and coming down with our hands and whatnot. So um, I think that's one thing we can do to clean clean up that end. But on the other end, you know, officiating is what it is, and that's the part of the game that isn't in players' control. So um, you know, that'll continue to just 
it'll be whatever it will be. Uh, but we can control the defensive end. It's it's hard to judge this team, you know, with the with the games that you're playing right now, because obviously you without one of your best players in Kevin Durant. But when you look at the remaining games and the schedule and where you may end up in seeding and ever like that, what's the most important thing for you guys? Is it just getting through it healthy, or do you look at the standings and the seedings and care about that? Um, me personally, I mean, I don't, I think it's just about winning games. I mean, we, we don't want to wait. Um, it's not, it's a, it's a happy medium. You're not like, we're not staring at the standings every single day, trying to make sure we're a certain seed or whatever. It's more about like, are we building? Are we playing the right way? Are we winning games? And, and we're not waiting, doing the whole, well, well, we'll turn it on when the playoffs are here. No, we want to, you know, start cleaning up some of this stuff now. So when playoff time comes, it's seamless and we're right into it, you know? So, um, you know, that's, that's my approach. That's, I think our collective approach and, um, you know, kind of how we're, we're approaching business right now. Yeah. Well, Landry, we appreciate the time as always safe travels to and from LA. Appreciate the conversation. Welcome back. Welcome back. Glad to have you back. And we appreciate you coming on for a few. Of course. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks, you Landry. Landry Chambit joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When we come back, we've got a move to tell you about from the Arizona Cardinals. No, it's not DeAndre Hopkins, but we do have a move. And then we'll turn our attention back to the Suns and the schedule, because it's a doozy. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, a couple things to update you on when it comes to the World Baseball Classic and a signing for the Arizona Cardinals. First, let's get an update on our Twitter poll question today, which we delayed from 4.30. Here is our own Erica Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, what you got today? All right, I know you guys got a lot of talk about we can do this fast if... If the Arizona Cardinals trade wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, when will it happen? Will it happen within the week, the month, before the draft, or after the draft? Ultimately, I think the deadline is the draft. I think it'll happen by the end of March. I'll Not go the this end of this week. week. I'll yeah. go this week. Okay, you're saying the end of this week? I'm saying the end of the month. I'm holding out for a hero. <laughs> Both of those spots have loss percentages in the last two hours. Still Ooh. leading the way at 43.1%. It is before the draft. 28.6% think it happens within the week. 17.7% say within the month. 10.6% say after the draft. All right, thanks for going quick on that. We appreciate it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't stop by the Burns and Gamble Twitter page and vote on today's Twitter poll. We thought today was going to be DeAndre Hopkins Day. It has not been so far, and it's 4.48 in the afternoon. All right, quick update from the World Baseball Classic. Trey Turner just jacked a solo home run in the bottom of the first inning. Uh, no, I'm sorry, top of the second. My apologies. Top of the second, a solo home run by the Philadelphia Phillies' Trey Turner. That's his fifth of the World Baseball Classic. Team USA is up one nothing over Japan in the championship game of the World Baseball Classic. The other that bit sounds of- odd. Trey Turner of the Phillies. It took some getting used to. It yeah. does take some getting used to. Some of these some of these player movement, it's gonna take a little while to get used to. Yeah, it does sound a little odd. Trey Turner of the Philadelphia mm. Phillies. You know, Bryce Harper of the Philadelphia Phillies took a while to get used to. The other thing that just came down is another signing by the Arizona there Cardinals. There we go. I mean, listen, if you wanna be bad <laughs> I think the Arizona Cardinals are shooting for the number one overall pick in the draft. They just signed the worst offensive lineman in the NFL. Two-year contract for offensive lineman Dennis Daly. He got two years? He got two years. Wow. I'm sure I 
it's the NFL. I can't imagine it's an actual wow. two-year contract. I'm sure they can get out of it after a year if they want. Comes to Arizona from the Titans. He played all 17 games last year. He started 15 games at left tackle. He joined the Titans in a trade with the Carolina Panthers. So obviously there's a Monty Austin for connection here, given that he played for the Titans last year. At first, I will admit, I was intrigued by the fact that he had 15 starts at left tackle last year, and then yeah. you just peel back the onion a little bit, wow. and you kind of cringe. Reading a story from, uh, from from one of the SB Nation that covers the Titans. Titans continuing to play Dennis Daly is the definition of insanity. Daly was credited with allowing four more pressures on Sunday. This is in mid-December, by the way. And Mark, the second consecutive contest, he's allowed four-plus pressures. He's now given up 40 pressures this season, which ranks second among all offensive linemen. Daly is now allowed a league-leading 11 sacks. His pressure and sack numbers are appalling when taking into account that there are 110 offensive linemen who have more pass-blocking snaps than he does. Um... Pro football grades uh, uh, have reflected his performance. He's got about as great of a 40. Um, this guy's awful. Like, this guy is absolutely brutal. Like, the fami- familiarity, okay, but this is a bad football player. And the guy that they just got from Seattle is not a good football player. So the Arizona Cardinals are doing a pretty good job right now of signing guys that are not very good at playing football. <laughs> For for, yes. for instant analysis that you can't find anywhere else, just keep it right here at the Percy yes. Campo Show. Yes. Monty Austin Ford has done a good job of not signing guys that are actually good at playing football. Well, it does. But if you want cheap. Now, listen. It could be because he's just got no money to spend. Could be. Like, you got to get, we're, 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 we're going minimum here. You've got no money. Because he hasn't spent any real money. This is minimum guy, minimum guy. These guys are no good. They're terrible. Um, I mean, we know they're terrible. It's just proofs in the pudding. They're terrible. But it could be that he just doesn't have a whole lot of, lot of money to spend. I'd rather believe that than think that the guy's just in over his head. Well, okay. I, I Okay, I think a couple things here. I think the not having money to spend thing, I think that's a very real thing, right? Like, And I think that's something that certainly has to be factored into all of this. How much actual cash on hand do they have to spend? And, and are, you know, the budget in terms of not the cap, but the cash, right? Not the cap, but the cash. We talk about that and whether the Cardinals are in a position to spend a lot this offseason. I think the other thing that has to be considered here, and we keep talking about this to kind of counterbalance this conversation a little bit, is how close are they to being any good this year? And is this the worth it that you, is this the year you want to spend a lot of money on great players, right? Is this, is this year, is this, is this team right now where they are and where the roster stands? Is it worth the organization pouring a lot of money into them right now? And I, I would tell you, I don't think the answer is yes. I think the answer is a resounding no. I don't think this team is where it needs to be to justify those kind of expenditures. Yeah. To justify that kind of belief. Hey, we're going to turn this thing around next year and let's go get guys that are going to help us turn this thing around this year. That's not where this team is right now. That's not where this organization is right now. And the fact that they're kind of recognizing that through the signs that they've made so far, I think paints a picture for where they believe this rebuild is. 
and where they believe how far away they are and how worth it it actually is to spend real money on the free agency market this year on a team that they're looking around going, look, let's be honest, we're not going to be very good in 2023. Why should we spend a lot of money on a season that we know isn't going to be very good? Especially when you could be looking at, what, another top five pick next year? Yeah, That's a very real possibility yeah. now. I, I think I think it could be the top pick in the draft. I mean, if, if Murray's going to miss a lot of time, like this is... You know, listen, this guy gave up a league-high 12 sacks. He was whistled for seven penalties, credited with allowing a league-high 52 pressures. Now, you may say, okay, he was out of position. They put him on an island. He shouldn't have been a left tackle. That's okay. But he wasn't very good at his job. Okay? He was one of the worst players in this, at his position. And maybe they put him in a different position. It's different. I don't know. But, I mean, I mean... Look, they Tennessee played him a lot of games because they didn't have a whole lot of options. Sure. And he failed miserably. Well, and, and here on this team, okay, he started, what, 15 games at left tackle? Well, newsflash, Cardinals have one. And newsflash, the Cardinals have a right tackle. And newsflash, the Cardinals have a backup tackle for both spots and Josh Jones. So I, 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 I'm, I can only assume this is just a depth move that they're not signing it right. I mean, they've got Kelvin Beecham, they got DJ Humphreys, yes. they got Josh Jones. I, I can't it imagine could be with Hump's back though. Uh, well, I mean, he was out for a good amount of time with that back. I, I, of course, but but I can't imagine they're signing him saying he's our starter next no, year. They've not a minimum starter next year. He's just a depth guy. No, but. But, but I, I, again, and I'm, I'm not trying to discount anything you're saying about the money or about how good he is or how good he's not or about any of that stuff. I think the Cardinals and this new front office is taking a good, long, honest look in the mirror at themselves and the organization and saying, guys, we're not close. We're not close. We're not we're not close roster wise to where we need to be to compete in this league. So. A, does it make sense for us to go spend money on players that make us marginally better next year when we've got so much work to do? Or are we better off recognizing this year for what it is? This is a rebuild year. This is a reset year. This is a restart year. And let's not go making any stupid free agent decisions that we're going to regret because we're just not going to be very good in 2023. I don't think there's anything wrong in looking in the mirror and saying, this is who we are. This is what we are, are right now. Are you trying to make sure that you're not very good by signing all these bad football players? Are there enough? Like, are you trying to make sure there, that you're okay, not good? That's, that's a fair retort. Are there enough good football players out there to change your course next year when your starting quarterback might be out for half the season? When your star wide receiver is probably going to be on another roster. When there are better football players out there than the guys that they have oh, been signing. I'm not, I'm, that's the not, positions but that's, that but that's not what signed. I asked. That is not the question I asked. The question I asked is, are there good enough players out there to make this team a contender? No. In the, there you no. go. And that's my point. And if there aren't, then what are we talking about here? If this roster well, is gonna so be, devoid gonna be, of talent that there aren't guys out there to make you a better football team, then what are we talking about? You're going to be back in the top five again next year. This team's going to be awfully bad. But, you know, you, when you raise ticket prices on your fan base and, you know, they're expecting you to put a good product on the, on the field, well, they are expecting you to put a tricky, yeah. And now you're signing a bunch of guys that aren't any good to minimum, minimum contracts. You just signed an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman today. You know what? They're both terrible. Need, none of them are any, neither of them are any good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not disputing that. Not at all. Just talking to the reasons why. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Suns schedule coming up. Oh, it's not good. That's next. Burns and Gambo.